Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. Peter's been away, I've had a bit of time to play, so I thought before my life gets completely bogged down with the course I'm about to do, I may as well enjoy myself and play some Arkham. As with last time, my luck has been really poor solo. I think I think I'd quite like to revisit as a topic playing solo and the importance of certain things because I feel like either I've become a sloppy player or maybe I underestimate the challenges of solo. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's been really rough. And we're up to one of our crux point scenarios, which is where doom awaits. So this could be a very short episode, or it could be a slightly longer episode, and we'll find out. And just to give you the full picture, because I feel like sharing is the way we do this, I'm nervous, obviously, but mainly because of how little XP we've accumulated. We had a couple of unlucky scenario losses, or you know, of situations that went south very fast. We only got one XP in Essex, which is you know, getting two is pretty decent. So that was pretty rough. So we're only on 13 XP going into Where Doom Awaits. It's really, it's pretty piddling. I've just upgraded one copy of Deny Existence, and that's the first Mystic card in the deck that is of any XP. You know, I could easily find another 25, 30 XP to put in this deck, easily standing on my head. And yet we're just at that point now. That's kind of weird. You know, and it makes me feel pretty nervous about going into the finale that was so underpowered. We're, at that point, we're barely a 9xp standalone deck. So my overall feeling then, as I've been preparing for this scenario, is thinking, God, it's going to go so rottenly. We're going to get hammered. It's all going to be over. Suck it up. And then as I set the scenario up this morning, I had this like slight glimmer of hope and this feeling of, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe. And it'll be even more fun if we can push and pull off some cool plays and try and get through this and see how we get on in Lost in Time and Space. Having come from a pretty pessimistic place, I wouldn't be your host if I wasn't in my optimistic mode and I'm feeling, yeah, let, let's see. Let's see. Okay, let's let's do our opening stuff. Scenario 7, Where Doom Awaits. Agenda 1A, Calling Forth the Old Ones. As you approach Sentinel Hill, you hear ancient Latin rites bellowed across the night. The time for action has come. If you cannot stop the sorcerers in Dunwich, who knows what terrors they might unleash upon the world. Twelve Doom. Diana has some sense of the terrors that they want to unleash, because she's fought with the broods that were rampaging around Dunwich County, and she managed to stop two of them, so because one brood escaped into the wild... We have one doom on this agenda, so we're already at one of twelve. Act 1A. The path to the hill. A vibrant arcane energy fills the air with a bone-rattling chill. The energy swirls along the crushed trail before you and seeps down several other paths before disappearing. We need two clues, and there's an objective. When the investigators have collected the requisite number of clues, they must immediately spend them and advance. It's one of those great collected the requisite number. I, I love that, that little tongue twister every time that comes up. 
So in my head, I picture it a little bit like a computer game where you've got these pulses of energy sort of rushing down in a path and then dissip- dissipating. I quite, I quite like that. And sort of maybe in some of those team multiplayer first-person shooters where the pulses of energy kind of tell you where to go to get to the front line, that sort of thing. Our bag, we have two skulls and they're minus one or minus three instead if you're at an altered location. And we have three locations in play, the base of the hill, warped and twisted, ascending path, warped and twisted, and sentinel peak. None of them are altered. We've also got the cultist token. That's reveal another token, cancel the effects and icons of each skill card committed to this test. I believe if I put defiance in and say cultist, I cancel all of that effect before the cultist token cancels defiance, cancelling it, I believe. And then also, because of our failure at the university, we have a tablet, and there's even a typo on this card, minus two, or minus four instead if it's a gender two. And like I said before, we're on one doom of 12 already. The long slope of Sentinel Hill rises before you, cresting in the jagged edges of Sentinel Peak. Our starting location is four shroud and three clues. Base of the hill is connected to each copy of Diverging Path, There are three of them set aside out of a possible five. Forced, after you discover one or more clues from base of the hill, spend those clues and put that many random set aside diverging path locations into play. And there's an action here, resign. This is more than I signed up for. Which is often how I feel when I'm about to record Think On Your Feet episodes. Okay, let's do a little strategy talk before we do opening hand. We need these clues from a four shroud location to get diverging paths. And that will allow us to get to Ascending Path, and then we're going to need to do the same again. So with Alyssa, we'd be four on four investigating, which isn't great, but we do have Drawn to the Flame and Scene of the Crime in our deck. So both of those would be good. This is also quite a fat encounter deck, and it does have quite a lot of enemies in, so we also need a weapon. Worth noting, there aren't conglomeration of spheres in this scenario, because we didn't put Silas out of his misery. We failed Blood on the Altar. Uh, we went and resigned. So we didn't get that ending of defeating Silas Bishop. So we're actually spared a conglomeration of spheres careening down the hill towards us. And in the previous episode, I did mention, oh, we're going to have a conglomeration of spheres. So that takes the pressure off somewhat, but we're still going to need a weapon or need to use Dark Insight early to cancel an enemy if it's going to mean we're going to end up really bogged down. So that's just worth bearing in mind for our strategy. What else? A little apology. I used the terms ward of protection and deny existence interchangeably last scenario. And I noticed on the edit that I'd more or less settled into just saying ward when I meant deny. And I talk about doing things like ward the damage and, oh, if only I had ward of protection to stop terrible secrets. And all of these things that clearly what I'm describing is illegal but what I'm looking at in my hand is a card entitled Deny Existence, and I'm somehow managing to blank the name and then refer to the effect. So hopefully you'll forgive me for that, and it makes sense, and I'll try my darndest this time around not to do that. Right, opening hand, here we go. Dark Insight, a Perception, a Shriveling, a Deny Existence level 0. It's worth noting I have a level 5 in the deck. Prepared for the Worst and scene of the crime. Well, well, well. Scene of the crime for two clues here would be terrific, but that would require an enemy to be here. 
how would we kill that enemy currently with a shriveling fighting it one on whatever its <laughs> uh, fight value is doesn't seem very reasonable the perception feels okay to get a clue but you know it would actually it would only make me one up here so really we have no Alyssa here we have no weapon the question is whether we keep prepared for the worst or not so let's go through them shriveling can't do anything with it now probably gonna mulligan perception would only make me one up for a clue probably gonna mulligan scene of the crime i could use it first action and buy a single clue i could also use it when i'm a bit more set up you know like one option here is mulligan this entire hand we see five more cards chances are we see a weapon and if we see any cancels draws us into more clue tech the other option is maybe mulliganing scene of the crime. I know that sounds outrageous, but I only want to use scene of the crime ideally for two clues, and I only want to get two clues if I have a way of killing the enemy on me, and keeping scene of the crime in hand doesn't get me an enemy. It's also worth noting I'm on one physical and two mental trauma, so keeping deny existence to stop horror seems pretty important. So the question is, do we keep prepared for the worst? Do we keep scene of the crime? Do we mulligan two to four? I think we mulligan three. I think we chuck scene of the crime. No, that's outrageous because if I draw into three more cancels with scene of the crime perception and shriveling mulliganed, I just have no way of getting any clues then. So I keep scene of the crime and I only mulligan two and my early player is probably prepared for the worst and maybe play a weapon. So mulliganing the perception and the shriveling gets me an I've had worse level two and a premonition. Okay. Hmm. We pause to shuffle. My thinking there is scene of the crime might just be worth it for one clue. And if we say scene of the crime prepared for the worst, play a weapon, that's fine. And we've got a location to go and explore. But if we don't have scene of the crime, we do prepared for the worst, play a weapon, and then we're stuck. And we've got no clue tech at that point. So chucking everything out is, yeah, crazy. An early Alyssa would be nice, but it's expensive. Uh, this is a very cheap hand, dark insight for two, and then deny existence for zero, prepare for the worst for one, scene of the crime for two, premonition and I've had worse, both for zero. Scene of the crime, first action, just get a location. Let's do it. Pay two. The risk is we won't be able to afford to play a weapon at that point. Let's hold on. We can play it next turn. First action prepared for the worst, pay one. Top nine is Alyssa, Delay the Inevitable, Ward of Protection, Steadfast, Shriveling, Armitage, Steadfast, Defiance. Take the initiative. That is our nine. No weapon. Okay. Man. <laughs> Diana with her huge deck. And we're in Dunwich, where you get extra cards added like Morgan and Armitage. We do have five weapons in the deck, but no dice. Second action, we draw a card. We can't do anything with what's in our hand at the moment. Our bold window has passed, so second action draw. It's a flashlight. Now that makes us a three on two investigating. And third action, we draw again. We don't want to play the flashlight yet and go broke. <laughs> 
<laughs> we draw a second flashlight. Man, who shuffled it? Like, I've just shuffled the deck twice from the mulligan and then from prepared for the worst. I've shuffled it into two flashlights. Okay, that's the end of our turn. Prepared for the worst, draw, draw. Upkeep draws us. Drawn to the flame. Wow. <laughs> our clue tech is through the roof. And we hit two doom. We're at five resources. Two doom. Our encounter card is inexplicable cold. Revelation. Test agility four. For each point you fail by, you must either choose and discard one card from your play area or from your hand, or take one damage. I think this is a perfect deny existence level zero card to riff on, because if we flub it, we take four damage and we deny its existence. And that sets us up really nicely then to draw into the flame first action here and get two clues. So let's just go for it. Three on four. Minus one, two on four, so we need to take two damage. We've got a choice. I could play I've had worse, cancel that two damage and gain that many resources. So it would be getting me three resources. Or I could deny it. I think I play I've had worse. I've had worse is only for damage or horror. Deny existence we can use a little bit more flexibly for things like cards from hand. So I place deny existence underneath me. My willpower goes up to two. I get two resources for cancelling that two damage. And then I also get a resource for Diana's ability, and I draw a card, and I've had worse. <laughs> what is going on this morning? I prepared my deck this morning, and I thought, I'm going to make sure I really shuffled this deck like, really carefully. And I did the same with the encounter deck, because I really worry about like clumping in the deck. And I was like, well, I'll definitely make sure everything is really shuffled up. And yeah, okay. That's, that's our encounter. It's pretty reasonable. Let's do it. Let's hit Drawn to the Flame first action. We'll draw another encounter card. Spaces between. Flip each non-Sentinel Hill location in play to its revealed side, removing all clues from it. There are no Sentinel Hill locations. Each investigator and enemy at a location flipped in this way immediately moves to the nearest Sentinel Hill location. Also doesn't count. And shuffle each non-Sentinel Hill location so the players do not know which is which. No surge if nothing flips. I get two clues which I have to use the forced effect and immediately spend them and put two diverging paths into play. There are three to choose from, so I'll choose either edge. That was action one. We could action two move into one of the paths and action three play one of our flashlights. Normally the diverging paths punish you for having... They play with how many actions you have. Some of them punish you for how many actions you have left and some of them take away your actions or punish you for not having actions left. So it's a bit of a lottery, and I think going in with a final action left is the way to do it. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going to go to the left-hand one. A path off the beaten trail leads deeper into the woods surrounding Sentinel Hill. It is the abandoned camp. It's two shroud and a clue, and it says forced after you reveal abandoned camp, lose two resources for each action you've performed this round, including this one if applicable. I'd be losing four resources because I've done a drawn to the flame and a move. Someone was definitely here, but there's nothing of any use left. I wonder what thematically is happening there. You're finding a place and almost realising that there's nothing useful means that your spirits sink and you feel like, oh, we're never going to manage this. So I'm on eight resources. This is going to make me lose four, so lose half my resources, undoing that I've had worse I played, essentially. I could still play a flashlight, and I still have an I've had worse in hand. 
the other option is I use deny existence to cancel losing that four. That would get me up to willpower three. I'd go up to nine resources and I'd take a card. To be honest though, I'm tempted to keep hold of the deny existence and just eat the four resources. Because I've got three cancels in hand, deny existence I've had worse and dark insight, that will generate me some resources back. This deck, you know, we've had some scenarios where we've finished with a lot of resources. So yes, I'll do that. And then last action, I'll pay two, down to two resources, famous last words, to play a flashlight. Upkeep draws me perception, and I go up to three resources, and we hit three doom. Our second mythos phase encounter card is Altered Beast. Revelation, if there are no abomination enemies in play, gains surge. It surges into... Beyond the Veil. Search, revelation, put Beyond the Veil into play in your threat area if there's no copy of Beyond the Veil in your threat area. And there's a forced effect. If your deck has no cards in it, take 10 damage and discard Beyond the Veil. Well, do we push for tempo now and Dark Insight this away? There are other good Dark Insight targets, namely enemies and ancient evils. What's the ancient evils word? Divergent? Evils, is that what it's called? They seem both better targets than this to cancel. If we leave this to hit us now and draw into an enemy, we could Dark Insight that away. We're doing all right with our deck. We do have a Delay the Inevitable somewhere in our deck that could be useful for the Beyond the Veil. I think I think we keep it and we let it surge. Famous last words, let's do this. It surges into Resurgent Evils. Draw two cards or place a doom. We're on three doom of 12. We're about to get this clue here and we've got our other location to get to. Having said we keep Dark Insight for this, maybe we just eat the doom. Keeps our resources at three. This turn we would investigate once, move to base of the hill, maybe move into the other diverging path. Let's do it. I mean, friend of the show, Glyn, who's the one who reminded me about I hadn't put Silas out of his misery, also pointed out that there can be times when cancelling resurgent evils just without even thinking is a bad idea. If we'd used Dark Insight on Beyond the Veil, I know we would have shuffled the deck. Okay, so I take the Doom, we're on 4 of 12. First action I'll investigate here with the flashlight. I'm a 3 on 0. Minus 1, clue. Second action, I'll move to base of the hill. And third action, I'm tempted to run straight into the other diverging path. A little hand reminder, dark insight, premonition, scene of the crime, I've had worse, deny existence. And then we've got one asset, another flashlight, one skill, a perception. Let's move into the other diverging path, last action. There's nothing we want to play. We've got no economy generation. It would be nice to go in with one extra action, but let's just do it this way. It is the Slaughtered Woods. Two Shroud and a Clue. After you reveal it, take two Horror if you have no actions remaining. We have no actions remaining, so we'll take the two Horror and we'll play our other I've Had Worse, cancel the two Horror, gaining us three resources, two for the cancel and one for Diana's ability, and drawing us into an Enchanted Blade. Well, hello. And that is the end of the turn. Upkeep. Terrible Secret. If there are no cards under Diana Stanley, shuffle Terrible Secret into your deck. 
Otherwise, for each card beneath Diana Stanley, you must either discard that card or take one horror. Cannot be cancelled. We have two cards underneath Diana. They're two I've had worses. We could shed them both and just drop back to willpower one. In hand, we have another two cancels, Deny Existence and Dark Insight, which could be our way of rebuilding our willpower. Or we use Deny Existence now, cancel the, uh, ignore the terrible secret horror. It will take us up to four willpower, and we're in quite a nice place then. I think we do it. I think that's the way forwards. And this is an upkeep drawing Terrible Secret. The last time we used our ability was in the investigation phase, so we can use our ability again to go up to four willpower, get a resource, and draw a 45 automatic. Okay, well, assets within two draws, we've filled up a little bit. We've got the enchanted blade, the flashlight, and the automatic. Then we've got, now we've just got scene of the crime, premonition, and dark insight, and a perception. We have a flashlight with two charges on it and a beyond the veil in play. And we're on seven resources. I hope I remember to take my resource for dark insight. I haven't taken my upkeep resource. That takes us to eight resources. Pretty sure that's right. And we hit Mythos. Five Doom. Our encounter card is Beyond the Veil. That surges, doesn't go into our threat area, to spaces between. Flip each non-Sentinel Hill location in play to its unrevealed side, removing all clues from it. Each investigator and enemy at a location flipped in this way immediately moves to the nearest Sentinel Hill location and shuffle them up. So we would lose the Slaughtered Woods, which punishes you if you have no actions remaining, and we lose track of where the abandoned camp is, which makes you lose two resources for each action you've performed. Okay, I'm happy to do it. My thinking here is I could Dark Insight that, but there are much better targets for Dark Insight. If I move into this location first action, either I'm losing two resources or nothing's happening. Either way seems pretty reasonable. And I've got a flashlight to get the clue, and then I also will still have enough resources to play a weapon. So turn feels good. The question is, do we go left or right? And we're going to go back left and see what happens. It's the abandoned camp again, so it gets a clue. I lose two resources. I'm fine with that. Second action, I play the 45 automatic. I'm choosing the 45 automatic over the enchanted blade because it has a slight advantage against avian thralls. It does cost more, but there we go. And if I can turn off retaliate with the final bullet and put it under me, that's a bonus. And last action, I'll spend this flashlight charge. We're down to one to investigate three on zero. Minus one again. Wow. Both times I've used the flashlight, I've drawn a minus one and haven't needed it. But that takes us to two clues, which means we have to advance. A sacrifice made. During your search through the wooded paths around the base of Sentinel Hill, you come across a startling sight. A herd of sheep lays dead upon the ground in a secluded clearing, their bloodied carcasses placed in a strange but careful pattern. Holding your nose against the stench of death, you step over the mangled sheep on your way to the centre of the odd formation. In the centre of the sheep lies the corpse of a man. A clear jewel has been firmly pressed into his forehead, caving in the front of his skull. His eyes are wide, his face contorted in a vision of fear, as if beseeching you for mercy. Though you know better, you check for a pulse. As you touch the man's skin, the jewel in his forehead dissolves, and the woods around you seem to clear. 
of course. That abandoned camp. We knew we had to go back and look at it again because there was something not right about it. And it's because it's a site of a horrific ritual. The arcane presence masking the path further up the hill has faded. Reveal ascending path. Remove all clues from each location in play. Now, there's a slight error with where Doom awaits here. We're going to reveal ascending path and put clues on it. And then we're going to remove all clues in play, which would mean we wouldn't have a way of getting any further locations out. So I'm going to rule, which I think is the right thing to do, that we don't remove the clues from ascending path, but we do from everywhere else. When you try to follow the path leading farther up Sentinel Hill, you somehow end up walking in a perpetual loop. Each time you stop to get your bearings, you find yourself back at the base of the hill again. It's four shroud and three clues. It's connected to each copy of Altered Path, and it says forced after you discover one or more clues from Ascending Path, spend those clues and put that many random set-aside Altered Path locations into play. So there are no clues anywhere else, but there's at least three clues there. Act 2A, Ascending the Hill, version 3. We've taken version 3 because we didn't take the Necronomicon, we didn't put Silas Bishop out of his misery, and the Necronomicon wasn't stolen by other people, we burnt it. So it just leaves us with this option. As you ascend the hill, the environment around you grows increasingly strange and otherworldly. The arcane energy feels even stronger here, crackling in the air and crawling on your skin. Clues cannot be placed on non-altered locations. Now again, this is a cannot, which would overrule ascending path but I think we have to put clues there, otherwise we're locked out. An objective when an investigator enters Sentinel Peak, advance. Upkeep brings us a shriveling, and we hit three resources. We are at four willpower now. Shriveling is not too bad an option. And we go to six doom. Our encounter card is a thrall. Two, two, two. Spawn at the location with the most clues, which is the ascending path. And it has Retaliate. It hits for a damage and a horror. Well, well, well. If we were to move in there, we could use Scene of the Crime next turn and get two clues off this thrall. But we'd have to take a hit, which would take us to two of seven damage and three of seven horror. If that's the case, we'd be spending two actions to move there and one action to either take a resource or to play Shriveling. No, we couldn't play Shriveling because we wouldn't be able to play Scene of the Crime next turn. Don't really need to play another Flashlight. Don't really need to draw. Yeah, it would be take a resource, move, move, eat the hit, and next turn we play Scene of the Crime, shoot the Thrall. Let's do it. I take a resource and I move up there. The Thrall engages me. Enemy phase, I get hit for a damage and for a horror. Upkeep, I draw an emergency cash, and I go up to five resources. We hit seven doom, and our encounter card is Visions of Futures Past. Revelation, test willpower five. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of your deck. I'm somewhat inclined to cancel this. I'd be a four on five without really anything in hand to boost. I could play Premonition now and see what I'm going to draw. Uh, no, then I would miss the window to, to use Dark Inside. My deck is quite thick, though. My only fear with failing this would be that I lose all clue tech and can't get clues later. But 
I have weapons in hand, I have shriveling, I have a flashlight in hand. Let's take it. If I if it hits delay the inevitable as well, that means we're on a mega clock. Tablet, minus two, so that makes me a two on five, so I lose three cards. <laughs> Deny existence level five, ward of protection, and steadfast. Ouch. That was nastier than I wanted it to be. Okay, first action we pay two to play scene of the crime, and we get two clues here. It was the thrall on the altered path, and we have to spend those clues immediately and put two altered parts into play. Pick them at random from the three. Second action, let's try and shoot this thrall with our gun. We go down to three ammo, and we're a five on two shooting. Minus one. Dead thrall. Do we, last action, move into one of these altered parts? Or do we play our shriveling now? Or indeed our emergency cash and money up? I'd prefer to go in with only one action remaining. We're pretty good for doom. So I'm going to play the emergency cash. Just make sure we still have lots of resources for playing dark insight and so on. That takes us up to six. It means next turn we could play Shriveling, move into one, and still have an action left. Or, if we don't want to play Shriveling, we play... Hmm, probably that's what we play. Upkeep draws me another 45 automatic, and I hit seven resources. We go to eight Doom of 12. And counter card is... Wright's Howled. Revelation, discard the top three cards of each investigator's deck. Each investigator at an altered location shuffles each weakness in his or her discard pile into his or her deck. I'm not in an altered location, so this is just lose three cards. Do we eat it again? I think we do. It's a shriveling, a defiance, and a hypochondria. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. It's reasonable. It's background to us, isn't it? A little hand reminder. Enchanted blade, flashlight, shriveling, 45 automatic. Getting expensive. Dark insight and premonition and a perception. We're on seven resources, so first action I'm going to spend three and bring out a shriveling. We're only at four willpower, but just having another option I think is decent, and if we do use dark insight, we'll sneak up to five. It starts to get good. Second action, we need to pick one of these altered paths. Well, I was always going left at the bottom, so I'll go right to this altered path. It is the Fathomless Lake Four Shroud and a clue. There has to be a bottom. Forced, after you reveal Fathomless Lake, if you have two or more actions remaining, place one doom on the current agenda. We've done a shriveling and we've moved. We don't have two or more actions remaining. We, that was our penultimate action, so we're okay. And let's try and get this clue. I'll use my last flashlight charge, which makes me a three on two, and I'll commit perception to be a five on two, because that takes the skulls out of the bag. Zero. That is our third flashlight charge that we didn't need. And the perception draws me drawn to the flame. Okay. We're on eight of 12 doom. We're on four resources. We've got a four charge shriveling and a three bullet automatic in play, as well as an empty flashlight. We've not yet seen half of our deck. Just I'm just eyeballing the size of my deck. It feel, feels good. 
is what I'm saying. Next turn, potentially, we can just run across to the other altered path. And if it has, that would be two actions, so we'd be arriving with one to spare. And that's not too bad. Let's do upkeep. It's amnesia. Choose and discard all but one card from your hand. Well, I have dark insight in my hand, and I quite want to keep at least the flashlight, the premonition, and the drawn to the flame. So dark insight reads, play when an investigator at your location draws an encounter card or a weakness. Cancel all of that card's effects and shuffle it back into its deck. Do not draw a new card. So that costs me two. Dark Insight goes underneath me and takes me to five willpower. And it gets me a resource back and draws me a card. So there is a slim chance I just draw the Amnesia again. Which would be grotty. But hopefully I don't. What that does mean is that that's my last cancel in hand gone. So we're now really at the whims of the encounter deck. A big enemy, we're taking it. Something with doom, we're taking it. If we hit another rights howled, we're getting hit with all our weaknesses shuffling back into our deck. If we hit another spaces between, we're having the whole thing shuffle up. So yeah. And the card we draw is take the initiative. Blade, flashlight, automatic. Premonition drawn to the flame, take the initiative. Three resources, five health and four sanity left, and we hit nine of twelve doom. Our encounter card is Altered Beast, which surges into spaces between, which flips which flips these two altered locations. So this Fathomless Lake, after you reveal it, if you have two or more actions remaining, place one doom on the current agenda. So moving in first action is a really bad idea with this. And we put them back. Ugh. Okay. Well, we don't want to go careening in first action because we'll be putting a doom. We could play a flashlight and replace our empty one first action, taking us down to one resource, a nice clean flashlight. Second action, we should go into one of these two locations. Down at the diverging parts, I was always erring for left. So I'm going to err for right up here again and head back over to the right. It is the Fathomless Lake again. Okay. I realise I've not explained why I'm getting these clues, because it just says it objective when an investigator enters Sentinel Peak advance. So why didn't I just go straight up there? Well, that's because on Sentinel Peak, it says an additional cost to move here is to spend two clues. And I've got one clue. Uh, do I drop a premonition here and see if I need to use flashlight or wait for take the initiative? I'm going to do that. It's a bit of an odd one because I might end up with a test in Mythos. Wow, it's a zero. Okay. Uh, last action, I'll spend a flashlight charge. That makes me a three on two and gets me the clue. We've got the clues to head into Sentinel Peak now. Upkeep, draw an enchanted blade and hit two resources. Mythos, we hit 10 of 12 doom. And our encounter card is Wright's Howled. Discard the top three cards of each investigator's deck. Mists, Alyssa, and Cash. Each investigator at an altered location like this shuffles each weakness in his or her discard pile into the deck. So that's Terrible Secret and Hypochondria go back in. Ugh. I now have a quite small draw deck with three weaknesses in it. 15 cards. Wow. One in five is weakness. What's my weakness strategy? 
amnesia, I essentially keep drawn to the flame, I think. Terrible secret, I maybe just lose everything underneath me to drop down back to one willpower. And hypochondria, just don't take hits. That's, <laughs> that's the pro play. So if I move, move to Sentinel Peak, I'll have one action left. I think I'll be mobbed by someone, but I've got a gun. I could throw some icons, couldn't I? Maybe. What's the alternative? Just move back to Ascending Path and wait two actions. I've got nothing I want to draw now, apart from Delay the Inevitable, but I'm not going to go looking for that. Cards in hand, two Enchanted Blade, a 45 automatic, a Drawn to the Flame and a Take the Initiative. No guts, no glory. Let's go careening back. First action, move to Ascending Path. Second action, move to Sentinel Peak. An arcane wall blocks the path further up the hill, leading towards the peak. That spends my two clues, and this one is four shroud and two clues. It was here that the Waitleys used to build their hellish fires and chant their hellish rituals. It's victory two, and it has a forced effect. When an investigator at this location draws a hex card, that investigator takes one damage. And that means we advance. Will the change. Approaching the peak of Sentinel Hill, you're confronted by several citizens of Dunwich. The man in the centre of their circle is desperately trying to complete a Latin incantation. It's not working, Seth! One of the men cries out. What are we going to do? The man in the centre stops his chant and pulls out a cobbler's knife. The father demands a blood sacrifice, he declares, and his face twists into a crazed expression. Before you can react, he slits his left wrist with the knife, dropping to his knees in agony. The headstone of the altar behind him splits open. A torrent of energy pours out of the stone, coalescing into the form of an open gate. Seth holds onto the stone in front of him to prevent himself from being sucked into the gate, but several of the others are startled and pulled through it. You barely manage to dig your heels in and grab hold of a nearby rock in time to resist the pull of the gate. Seth rises, wounded but alive. An expression of pride spreads across his pained face. Put the set-aside Seth Bishop enemy into play at Sentinel Peak, with one per investigator damage on him. Act 3A. The gate opens. From the ruins of the headstone on the altar at the hill's peak, a gateway of churning, vibrant energy has appeared. A force like a hurricane erupts from the gate, bending trees and pulling debris into it. The howling of the gale drowns out all other sound. Somehow, you must find a way to close the gate. Only investigators at Sentinel Peak may spend the requisite numbers of clues as a group to advance. And we need two clues. And there are two here. Seth Bishop is a sorcerer of Dunwich. He has five fight and five evade. And he has three per investigator health, so three. But he's already taken a damage, so two. He has a very strange flavour text, which is Lovecraft doing funny voices. And he says, says he, Miss Corey, as how he is sought to look for Seth's cows, frighted as he was, and found him in the upper pasture nigh the devil's hopyard, in an awful shape. Half on them's clean gone, and nigh half of them that's left sucked most drier blood with sores on them. And he is victory one. Well, what do we do? If we're to shoot with the automatic, we would be a five on five, and I could commit take the initiative to be a six on five, and both enchanted blades to be a seven on five, eight on five. I could also commit the other 45 automatic to be a nine on five, and then there's just a minus five and 
that other token in the bag. If I only do two icons here, I'm two up. There are two minus threes, a minus four, a minus five, and the token. I could just go two up by committing two of these cards, and I could go four up next turn by using take the initiative next turn. So maybe I hold back take the initiative. I go five on five with the automatic, six on five with the enchanted blade, seven on five with the other enchanted blade. It would be nice to get rid of the two minus threes, but we're not at an altered location, so skulls aren't minus threes. I think I put in the 45 as well. That gets rid of another two tokens. It's just four, five, and auto fail. Let's do it. Three up. Come on, the elder sign. It's the minus five. Okay, I miss. He retaliates against me. I take a damage and a horror. Enemy phase. I take another damage and a horror from this big guy. Oh, I ignore the retaliate because of the 45 automatic. So I only take a damage and a horror in the enemy phase. I'm on four damage left and three horror left. Upkeep. I draw. Defiance. And I go up to three resources. We hit 11 doom. And our encounter card is a Lupine Thrall. It's a 4-3-4 and spawns at the location farthest from us, all the way down in the abandoned camp. It's clearly smelt the dead sheep and been attracted to the area, but now it's caught our scent. That's nice because that's not a hex, so we don't take damage. And I've just realised, and I've played Dunnetrev many times, of course the gate is open and there's all this eldritch energy flying around. And hexes normally indicate those kind of weird eldritch spell things. So as soon as one of those spells happens at the gate, it kind of injures you, pulls you, I imagine. Right, it's back to us. Let's shoot Seth. We're a five on five. We'll have one bullet left after this. I'll commit take the initiative to be an eight on five and defiance to be a nine on five. And I will say cultist. Skull, that's a minus one, but I still hit, and Seth goes into the victory display. I don't get to put it underneath me, but that's okay. Second action, I'll play the last card in my hand, drawn to the flame. Let's see what we got here. It's Oppressive Mists. Revelation, attached to your location, limit one per location. After an investigator at this location draws one or more cards, they have to test willpower three. If they fail, they choose and discard an equal number of cards. It doesn't really matter because that's just a hazard. It's not a hex. I get these two clues and I spend them to advance. Peer into the abyss. You don't know how to close the swirling gate before you. And with each passing moment, the force from within it grows in strength. You fear that whatever entity the sorcerers have summoned from beyond approaches. With no time to spare, you turn to the open tome on the stone altar, desperate for answers. Resolution 1. Classic Diana Stanley. When things get tough, she turns to darkness. And breathe. Nice. Uh, well, we entirely bossed that scenario. We already had one doom from a brood. We took a doom from a resurgent evils. And we're only on 11 doom. So just took 9. Power mode. Deck was starting to get a bit scary. Wow, Delay the Inevitable was the second to last card. And a triple weakness in there is also nasty. But we only get three XP. 
one for Seth and two for that completion. So I think I upgrade one of the Enchanted Blades. The other option would be to upgrade a Defiance. And if we had more XP, I would obviously upgrade uh, another Deny Existence. But I think we spend it. No point saving it. So yeah, that is the end of that scenario. Uh, pretty pleased with that. I kind of went into boss mode when Diana just starts shutting down the encounter deck. It's quite nice. And yeah, tune in and we'll see whether we can get out of being lost in time and space. Thanks. What's up? I'm back. Here we go. Oh, damn, I'm excited. This feels terrifying. Yay! Okay, so lost in time and space. Here we are. As you can hear, I'm just shuffling my deck a little bit more after that debacle of a double flashlight. Can't believe it. Shocking. And I've done... well, so I've made a slightly different change. Originally I was going to go Enchanted Blade, definitely upgrade it. And then, as I was going through my Mystic XP cards, my eye fell upon the Crystalline Elder Sign. Seal plus one or Elder Thing. Uh, elder Sign. would be very good if it was Elder Thing. You get plus one to all your stats. That would take me to uh, whatever my willpower is, plus one, and then four, four, four. And that means I'm fighting at a six with the automatic, which is kind of nice. Six with the Enchanted Blade, anyway. So I decided that I would put that in instead. So I've taken out Mists of Relier which I think I've only played once in the entire campaign and then not used a single charge off. Could be a big mistake because mobility and movement in this scenario can be vital, but also just squaring my stats up. I'd be investigating maybe at a five with Alyssa, which is really good. So that's what I've gone for. And maybe that's utter folly, but we shall see. If it's the kind of thing that we can drop sort of maybe four or five turns into the game, and it then just allows us to power through some cheeky, you know, flashlightless investigation or stuff like that, then that would be great. Agenda 1A, all is one. Pathways of sound and colour extend for an eternity in all directions, dotted with impossible architecture and overgrown with alien wildlife. The lines between objects are jagged and shifting, and your skin feels as if it were inside out. Forced, after you are moved to a location by an encounter card effect, take one horror, and it's foredoom. Act 1A, out of this world. Somehow you must find your way across this alien landscape in order to find the nexus that was described in Old Wakeley's tome. We need two clues to advance, and there's an action. Discard the top three cards of the encounter deck Choose a location discarded by this effect and resolve its revelation ability. Skulls are minus one for each extra dimensional location in play. Cultist is reveal another token. If you fail after this skill test ends, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a location is discarded. Put that location into play and move there. And our tablet is minus three. If Yogg-Sothoth is in play, it attacks you after this skill test ends irrespective of success or failure. And the final bullet point of the return to Lost in Time and Space setup is put the single-sided Realms Beyond location into play and spawn Yogg-Sothoth there. Realms Beyond is all in one, nine shroud and no clues. 
Yorxothoth is immune to player card effects, cannot take damage, and cannot leave Realms Beyond. Which is just ludicrous. As an additional cost for you to leave Realms Beyond, test Willpower or Agility 3 if you fail, cancel the effects of the move. And Forced, when a Forced effect would move an Investigator or enemy to another dimension, move them here instead. Cannot be cancelled. So we have Yogg-Sothoth, the Lurker Beyond the Threshold, in play. Four Fight, four Health, Null Evade, Massive Hunter and Retaliate. But Yogg-Sothoth gets six Health extra, so it's ten Health, and cannot take damage and cannot leave Realms Beyond. It cannot be evaded and cannot make attacks of opportunity as well. But then there's a reaction when Yogg-Sothoth attacks you. Instead of taking up to X Horror, you may discard the top X cards from your deck. Then if you have no cards in your deck, you're driven insane. Yogg-Sothoth only hits for one damage, like pretty weak, but hits for five Horror. So you can not take any of the Horror and lose five cards, but if you run out of cards in your deck while you're being hit, you go insane. It's worth noting that I only have five Sanity, so even pulling a couple of tablets would just be brutalised. There's nothing we can do. We could cancel some of those hits, potentially, with a dodge or with an I've had worse, but it might just like obliterate us in three seconds. So, yeah, pretty scary. We start at another dimension. It's unfettered by reality. You gape in disbelief at the swirling colours and alien angles surrounding you. This is true madness. It's six shroud, and it has a forced effect. When a location leaves play, move each investigator an unengaged enemy at that location to another dimension. Cannot be cancelled. Except Realms Beyond overrules that and says, when you would be moved there, you move to Realms Beyond instead. That horrible Yogg-Sothoth nine shroud doom spot. And then trying to get out of there, you're going to be testing willpower or agility three. And if you fail, you just cancel the action. So, all kinds of horrible. Opening hand, we've got Dark Insight, an Enchanted Blade, a Shriveling, a Scene of the Crime, a Shriveling, and a Take the Initiative. I'm tempted to say we keep the Enchanted Blade and chuck the other four, and see if we can fish for Alyssa, a Flashlight, some Economy. So let's do that. We get Francis Morgan, Amnesia, which draws into a 45 automatic, Twilight Blade, wow, weapons, and a Defiance. Okay, barely any cancels, and a really weird mix of stuff. I'd be tempted to say we, we pop the 45 down and then start looking for locations. I It's been a while since I played this scenario, but you live or die on how many locations you get. And in solo, you're so pressed for actions that just hunt, 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 get locations, even if that makes skulls slightly worse. It's just so worth it so that you actually have spaces to move to, places to get clues, generally room to manipulate what's happening in the map. So yeah, so pay four for the 45 automatic. It's nice because it takes me out to one resource, which means I'll be back up to two for when it comes to the mythos phase and cancellation. Second action, let's look at the top three. We'll discard the top three. We do see one location. It's Towering Luminosity. Three Shroud and four clues. Put it into play and either place one Doom on it or take two damage. And it has a forced effect. After you fail a skill test while at this location, you must either flip one clue on Towering Luminosity to its Doom side or discard it. Ugh. So if we go in, we can move there. We can't then move back to another dimension. Any attempts at getting clues either give us doom 
or discard Tower and Luminosity, which takes us into Realms Beyond, the Hell Zone. And getting out of there is going to be an absolute pain. We've got no clue tech in hand. I'm inclined to say we take the two damage just to avoid the doom, and we look for another location, because clearing that location is going to be brutal. That does mean we've only got four health left, but potentially we put Francis Morgan down as a soak, if we can afford it a little bit later. Putting a doom here, like the only way to get rid of that doom is to fail and investigate and end up with the Oxidoth, and that seems ghastly. So yeah, let's do that. And we'll look at another three. Sorry, I should have said the other two cards there were Visions of Future Past and Beyond the Veil. Here we see a conglomeration of spheres, vast expanse, and vassal of the lurker, so no locations. We discard them. Enemy phase, nothing. Yogsadoth's not with us. Upkeep, we draw a drawn to the flame. And we go up to two resources. Okay. We hit our first doom, a four, and our encounter card is a conglomeration of spheres. Hmm. Well, we could shoot, shoot, shoot with the automatic, and it's gone. Or we could cancel this, and that keeps our maintains our tempo to a certain extent, because we then move into towering luminosity, play drawn to the flame, and start looking for more locations. So I think we cancel it with our dark insight. Costs us two, gets us one back, draws us into an Alyssa Graham, and we're up to two willpower. My thinking there is, let's keep the tempo up. Conglomeration of Spheres, there's no way I can do more than two damage per hit to it, so I'm committing to just spending an entire action getting rid of it. So with that being the case, getting rid of it and pushing on means hopefully it buys us a bit of time and gets us ahead. Our hand, we have Morgan who costs three, Enchanted Blade costing three, Twilight Blade costing three, and Alyssa Graham costing four. So that's a cool 13 cost hand to get played out. And I've had worse, a deny existence to generate more resources would be really nice. Okay, what's the likelihood that I play Drawn to the Flame now and immediately draw another conglomeration? First action, move to Towering Luminosity. Second action, play Drawn to the Flame. It's a Vassal of the Lurker. Three fight, four health, and two evade. Hunter, and at the end of the enemy phase, each investigator at Vassal of the Lurker's location discards one card from the top of his or her deck. Well, let's start shooting this person. It's all we can do, really, with it on us and with one action left. So I shoot, I'm a five on three. And that's all I can do. Unless I'm going to commit an enchanted blade to make me six on three. Zero. Two damage. The reason I committed the blade there was to get rid of minus threes. Obviously, there's a couple. And also thinking... How much of this hand am I going to play? If I want the Twilight Blade down and Morgan down, I'm just not going to commit. I'm not going to be able to afford to play Enchanted Blade anytime soon. Enemy phase. I get hit. Go up to four of seven damage and three of seven horror. No cancels that I can use. And that means I discard one card from the top of my deck. It's Ward of Protection. My word. Ward is like the most common card discarded. An upkeep draws me and I've had worse. Here you are. And I go to two resources. We hit two doom. My encounter card is Vast Expanse. If there are no extra dimensional locations in play, it gains surge. Well, there's one, the Towering Luminosity, which is where I'm standing. Otherwise, test willpower X, where X is the number of extra dimensional. So it's, I'm a two on one for this. For each point you fail by, take a horror. 
two on one it is. Minus two, zero on one, so I need to take two horror, and I'll play I've had worse to cancel those two horror, gaining me two resources, and I'll place it under me, which gets me another resource, takes me up to three willpower, and draws me scene of the crime. Hmm. So I could play scene of the crime here and get another two clues. Ooh, but I have failed a test while at this location. Sorry. I thought it was if you fail a test while investigating this location. It's just if you fail a test while here, you must either flip one clue to its doom side or discard it. Right. Cards in hand. Alyssa, Twilight Blade, Francis Morgan. Scene of the crime and defiance. If I discard it, I end up in the Yog pit. Kind of horrific. With the vassal of the lurker, no less. So I could shoot the vassal and then I'd be a three on three trying to get out. and I'd essentially be like chucking Twilight Blade and Francis Morgan just to get out. I think I eat it and put a doom here, and I don't scene of the crime here. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Not very nice. But just, we've got the clues to advance, but uh, yeah. There we go. Towering Luminosity is not a fun place to hang out. First action, let's shoot. I'm not going to use scene of the crime for one clue. Or I don't need to now, I can use it for one clue somewhere else. I'm going to commit defiance, that makes me a six on three, and I'm going to say tablet. It's a minus four, that's a miss. This guy doesn't have retaliate. Second action, I'll shoot again. Got one bullet left after this. Now I'm just a five on three. Am I going to play Francis Morgan, or I'm going to hold out and play Alyssa? If I'm going to play Alyssa, then I'll commit Francis Morgan. That makes me a five, six, seven on three. Elder sign. Amazing. Vassal is dead. Without a shadow of a doubt, I take back Dark Insight. Go back down to two willpower. And I have a single action left, which will be to play Alyssa, costing me four. I'll tap her and look at what's coming. It's a prismatic cascade. That's nice. It's another green diamond location, and it's two shroud and three clues, and when you put it into play, you discard a random card from your hand. Hmm. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep. I draw Henry Armitage, and I got two resources. We hit four doom because of this doom on the towering luminosity. Oh, and I just failed the attack as well, so I would have flipped the other clue. That's fine. We were going to advance anyway, so there's no clues here. Agenda 1B. Familiar Echoes. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Oh, well, there goes our chance of knowing what was next with Alyssa. Oh, well. And then we're going to discard cards from the top until a location is discarded. The lead investigator resolves that location's revelation effect. Okay, vast expanse. Endless bridge. Put it into play and lose two resources. It's four shroud and two clues. It's blue triangle. It says after you leave, you either place a doom there or you discard it. Check campaign log. If the investigators failed to save the students, pretty sure we did. A huge canine creature, alien to your eyes and yet familiar, appears before you. The creature rushes forward and you prepare to fend it off, but to your surprise it runs through you towards a building that wasn't behind you moments before. Darby Hall from the Miskatonic University. The creature bursts through the building's front door and you hear screams of panic from inside. 
followed by the crunch of snapping bones and cries of pain. Each investigator takes one horror, regardless of their location. I think I put that on a listener. Agenda 2A, past, present and future. As you cross this realm, you catch occasional glimpses of reality, scenes from old memories, more recent visions from the past few days, and sometimes even events that you do not remember ever happening. There's the same forced effect, and it's another foredoom. Our encounter card is... Prismatic Cascade! What are the odds? It's that same one. Two shroud and three clues... We put it into play and discard a random card from our hand. There's quite a few I don't want discarded here, but we'll just have to eat this. It's scene of the crime. Damn. So we have another dimension in play, and it connects to red, green, and blue. Blue is the endless bridge, and that also connects to red and a kind of brown squiggle. And then we've also got two greens, towering luminosity and prismatic cascade. They both connect to red as well, and then connect to other things. So from where I am now, there's actually nothing I can go to. I can go to red, or I can go to two bars, which is a sort of dark green. So I'm going to have to look for more locations. My hand is Twilight Blade, Henry Armitage, Dark Insight, and I have no resources. So I probably will at least take one resource this turn. And let's go looking for locations first action. I see a vassal of the lurker beyond the veil and collapsing reality, so I discard them. And I'll look again. I see dimensional doorway, indecipherable stairs, and beyond the veil. The dimensional doorway is brown squiggle, so that would connect to the endless bridge, but not from here. And the indecipherable stairs is another blue triangle. When I put that into play, I discard the top three cards of my deck. Well, in fact, if I put Dimensional Doorway into play, you draw the topmost hex in the encounter discard pile, which is beyond the veil. So I think we take the indecipherable stairs. It's another location that we can't reach. Three Shroud and a Clue. Amazing art. And we're at four extra dimensional locations in play now, which is a bit rotten. We'll peak with Alyssa. Our next card is going to be an Interstellar Traveller. Well, we probably want to shuffle that away. So last action, I'm going to take a resource. Slow rolling it, I know, but so be it. Oh, I forgot to discard the top three cards when we put Indecipherable Stairs into play. It is a dodge, terrible secret, and a deny existence level zero. Upkeep draws me amnesia. Damn. So I think I lose the Twilight Blade and Henry Armitage and keep Dark Insight. We go up to two resources. Mythos, we hit one of four doom. And our encounter card is an interstellar traveller. Four fight, three health, two evade. Spawn any any extra dimensional location. Hunter, hits for damage and two horror. When it enters a location, flip one clue on that location to its doom side and place it on interstellar traveller. Or place one doom on interstellar traveller if there are no clues there. So wherever it goes, it's going to get a doom. And it will then try and hunt as best it can. As soon as we find a red location, it's hunting. So I think I do cancel this. Empty my hand. The reason for the cancel is I've only got one bullet, so I can't reliably kill it. I've got nothing else in hand. But I get a resource and a card, which is premonition. We shuffle this away. We've got to be a bit careful when we use Alyssa that we don't use it before we then look for locations, because obviously they get deleted if you do that. And we have the two clues we need to advance, but I've just been kind of 
waiting to build up more of a map with a view to hopefully sprinting around and fixing things. I wonder if I've already ended up in too much of a hole. You know, one bullet in Alyssa with only one resource and one card in hand. If we can just have a turn or two of not losing things, maybe we can pull it back together. I once played the scenario three times in a row with a friend because we got to the end of our campaign. And the first time we played it, our first four encounter cards were all enemies. And so we said, oh, well, let's do a redo. We, we were destroyed. So we played it again. And that time we drew three enemies in our first four encounter cards. And so we played it again after that and we still died. So, you know, there's something to be said for a very limited map and being a little bit trapped and cornered. And particularly now with ending up in realms beyond. It's nasty. So let's go looking for a location. We see a vast expanse, an infinite doorway and a vast expanse so that's nothing and we'll spend another action doing the same we see another endless bridge that's the one that makes you lose resources but we also see one of our little red guys a tear through space so i'll put that into play and a collapsing reality which we discard that was second action so third action think i move there it's one shroud and a clue the revelation is just to put it into play and the forced effect is at the end of the round either place a doom on it or discard it i'm going to place a doom on it but before that, we need to do upkeep. Oh, and before that, Elisa needs to peek as well. She's going to see another tear through space. Good. I draw prepared for the worst. I go to two resources. Doom. We've got one on tear through space, one in play. So we go up to three or four doom. And our encounter card is a second tear through space. It does have surge. Last time I was just looking, picking one to resolve the revelation ability. This time I'm actually drawing it in Mythos. So I surge with it. And it gives me a wormhole. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a location is discarded. Resolve that location's revelation ability, then move to that location. Yidian Starseeker. Baleful Welcome. Eldritch Accord. Haunting Recollections. Visions of Future Past. Unstable Vortex. This is the green two lines one. So the indecipherable stairs and the towering luminosity lead here. It's three shroud and one clue. And it says, put it into play and discard one copy of Tear Through Space if able. So I will discard the other Tear Through Space that I just drew. I then have to move there. And if I move to a location by an encounter card effect, I take a horror or put it on a lisser. At the end of your turn, if you're at Unstable Vortex, you must either draw the top card of the encounter deck or shuffle Unstable Vortex into the encounter deck. This location connects to Red Square plus Squiggle and Moon. Moon might be where we're heading. So let's spend our, first, our two clues at the end of Mythos now and see what we're doing. The Nexus of Dimensions. A light shimmers in the distance and you head towards it to investigate. The wispy light drifts away from you, floating through the realm's strange gateways, ascending looping staircases and crossing through barriers you dared not observe. With little chance of finding the Nexus on your own, you follow the light, hoping it is guiding you in the right direction. Put the set aside the edge of the universe location into play, which is indeed Red Moon. It reads, you must have at least two clues in order to move to edge of the universe. Nothing could have possibly prepared you for this. It is beautiful and terrible to behold. So I can move there and I can move back to the tear through space. Except I can't move there because I don't have the clues. Hmm. I could move back to tear through space. Try and investigate for a clue there, I'd be a four on one, and then move back into the unstable vortex, and I'd have to draw an the top card of the encounter deck. 
but I'd be in position to maybe get that clue and move to the edge of the universe. That's one option. Second option is I get a clue here and go looking again for more locations, but it's not great, is it? I'd like to discard the tear through space at the end of the round, because it has a doom on it, and if I discard it, we'll save ourselves a turn. So I think nipping down there... Ah, there's a path I've not noticed. If I go to tear through space, that's red square. I can then move from there to blue triangle, so I could head to the indecipherable stairs, which also has a clue. And when I leave there, I can either take two horror or discard indecipherable stairs. So I could actually get rid of a couple of locations, make skulls a bit easier to use. I think that's a good idea. Alyssa will peek. It's going to be a wormhole. Moving will be happening. Don't think I can do anything about that. First action, move to tear through space. Second action, investigate. And three up. Elder sign. Wow. Uh, let's take that dark insight back again. Back down to two willpower. We get the clue. And last action, I move to indecipherable stairs. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, I draw a crystalline elder sign and go up to three resources. And at the end of the round, I'll discard tear through space rather than placing a doom on it. Bye bye, useful route. Man, this new map with the green double bar is really complicated. And we then place a doom and we're at three of four doom on agenda two. And we draw a wormhole. Well, why don't we cancel this now that I redrew Dark Insight? I've got three resources, so it costs me two, but I get one back. And it draws me into a delay the inevitable. And I shuffle that back in. The reason I want the cancel there is to not end up moving because I can see a path to the edge of the universe. Am I about to get beaten up by a badass Seth Bishop? Maybe I am. Okay, I'm a four on three trying to get a clue here. And I could then move, move to edge of the universe. I could commit premonition and prepared for the worst to be a six on three. Or I could just use premonition and see what's going to happen. And if it's a really low number, I maybe play Crystalline Elder Sign instead. It's going to be a zero. So first action I investigate and get the clue, four and three. I peek with Alyssa. It's going to be a visions of futures past. Don't really care. Second action, I move to unstable vortex. And that means I've left the stairs. So I have to discard it or take two horror, discard it. And third action, I'll move into edge of the universe because I have two clues. It's two shroud and two clues itself. And investigators here cannot draw cards during the upkeep phase. But it entered, so we advance. The vessel awaits. You reach an impossibly dense, pitch black void, and you realize that this is the place where all reality, all that is, and all that ever will be, ends. In its center, you see a minuscule rift suspended just out of reach. Somehow, you've reached the other side of the gateway above Sentinel Hill. Just then, a voice from the darkness beyond calls to you. Get out. The wisp of light you've been following flits into the darkness. Moments later, the warped, twisted face of Seth Bishop emerges. His skin crawls with an unnatural mutation. His eyes are wide, filled with wicked malice. Get out. I am his vessel now. I have the knowledge of the elders. Now leave, or die. He cackles madly as his enthralled, misshapen body limps forward. He must find a way to close the rift for good. But first, you must deal with Seth, that is, with the creature he has become. 
Oh, crumbs. Spawn the set aside Seth Bishop, Thrall of Yogg-Sothoth enemy at the edge of the universe, which is here. Seth Bishop, Thrall of Yogg-Sothoth, has five fight and five evade, and four per investigator health. Humanoid monster abomination and elite has retaliate as well. And it says forced Arthur Seth Bishop attacks you during the enemy phase. Either move to another dimension after this attack, or Seth Bishop deals plus two damage for this attack. Seth Bishop hits for a damage and a horror. And it also says forced after Yogg-Sothoth enters Seth Bishop's location or vice versa. Seth is devoured whole. Remove Seth Bishop from the game. Heal six damage from Yogg-Sothoth. So that was me advancing after my third action. There's still a player window here. And I do have Delay the Inevitable in hand. I could play Delay the Inevitable. And then I take the hit from Seth. I could make it be a three damage and a, a one horror and cancel all of it. But then I'm stuck trying to fight Seth with one bullet. The alternative is I let it be a normal hit. I still cancel it and I let myself get thrown into Realms Beyond. And I try and get out next turn by playing a Crystalline Elder Sign and trying to evade my way out. So let's do that. I'll play Delayed Inevitable for two. And that's the end of my turn. In the enemy phase, Seth attacks me. I cancel the damage with Delay the Inevitable, which gets me a resource back and draws me a card. It's a take the initiative. Now, investigators at the edge of the universe cannot draw cards during the upkeep phase, but I can still draw cards. And that throws us to Realms Beyond, and Seth is removed from the game. I realise I've not actually read Act 3A in my excitement to try and get out of this. Close the rift. The unearthly stones on the ground are inscribed with some sort of seal. Approaching them causes a voice to enter your mind, speaking in an alien tongue. Discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. Choose a location discarded by this effect and resolve its revelation ability, normal action. And only investigators at the edge of the universe may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance, which is three. Well, there are two clues there, and I have two clues that I got just to get in, so I can just try and get one of those and be all right. My path there would be to move back to another dimension, move into the towering luminosity, and move to the unstable vortex, which leads me back into the edge of the universe. But that is the end of the enemy phase, I think. Although, let me check. Forced effect when Seth Bishop attacks you during the enemy phase, either move to another dimension after this attack. Okay, so I cancel it. After the attack, I move. That means I'm then engaged with Yogg, right? And that means Yogg gets an attack, I think. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure if you end up engaged with another enemy in the enemy phase and they haven't had an attack, they do get an attack. So I take damage, take me up to five, and five horror, and I think I discard five cards instead. So Ward of Protection, of course. A shriveling, a shriveling, wow, flashlight, and an I've had worse. Damn. Upkeep, I draw a premonition, I go up to two resources, and we hit four doom. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck, then discard cards until the location is revealed, and the lead investigator resolves that location's revelation effect. There's a slight feeling of circling around a plug hole, isn't there, in this scenario? You end up dashing to one place and then sort of spilling over the edge and then pulling yourself back out and running around again and hoping not to be dragged into realms beyond where Yogg-Sothoth, whatever Yogg-Sothoth is, is waiting to 
bundle you up and deal with you. Okay, discarding cards from the top. Wormhole, Vast Expanse, Tear Through Space, that goes into play. Its revelation effect is just to put it into play. Check campaign log. If at least one name is recorded under Sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth, read the following. Well, in honour of Zebulon Waitley, Earl Sawyer and Warren Rice, we read this. You hear a familiar voice calling out to you, and you enter an impossibly shaped building of cracked stone. No, don't, the voice cries. You rush towards the voice, down a step of steep, narrow stairs. Upon reaching the bottom, you find yourself in the hidden chamber from Dunwich. Bound by shackles, you see those you failed to save, bloodied and maimed. A creature with a man's face feeds from a corpse on the ground. The head of the corpse turns to face you, and a sharp pain stabs your heart. Man, it does that I bloomin' went into the hidden chamber when I shouldn't have done. That, that is what stabs my heart. Each investigator tests willpower X, where X is the number of names recorded under sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth. So it's willpower 3. I'm currently a willpower 4. For each point an investigator fails by, that investigator takes 1 damage. I'm currently on 5 of 7 damage. I do have a take the initiative in hand, and a crystalline elder sign. I also have a premonition and a prepared for the worst in hand. If I'm going to get out of Realms Beyond, I'm going to need some of these icons. So I think what I do is I play a premonition, and hopefully I can see how many icons I need to commit to stay in this game. It's a zero, so I won't commit anything. I'm a four on three, and I pass the test. Okay. Agenda 3A, Breaking Through Version 2. Throughout this warp dimension, no matter where you travel, there is a haunting shape in the distance. It's right there! I'm right by it! At first it appears as a disc, like a black moon with many wriggling arms. But as time passes, you can tell it's growing larger and larger. There's the same forced effect with horror, and it's a six doom threshold. My encounter card is Haunting Recollections. For each card in your hand, if there is a copy of that card in your discard pile, take one horror. I have prepared for the worst crystalline elder sign. They're both one ofs and take the initiative. And I'm pretty sure take the initiative isn't in there. Uh, no horror, so I discard three cards from my deck. Steadfast, drawn to the flame, cash. Okay, how do I get out of here? My best bet, I think, is chucking in a take the initiative, which will make me a seven on three trying to leave. Because if I spend an action for a resource, spend an action for Crystalline Elder Sign, and then commit Take the Initiative, I'm only actually getting a plus two. So I'm going to chuck the Take the Initiative plus three. This is me trying to leave. Seven on three. Zero. I realise I've made a little misplay. When Seth pulled me into Realms Beyond, that was an encounter card moving me so i should be on one more horror so i'll take that horror now and i'll be on four of seven horror i've passed that test i'm at another dimension and i'll take a resource and then play crystalline elder sign i think and get that plus one my stat line now is a five four 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 Alyssa will peak for me it's going to be a vast expanse that could kill me but there we go upkeep i draw deny existence level five and go to one resource. At the end of the round, I will discard the tear through space rather than putting a doom on it. 
because I don't think I need it anymore. I think my path to the edge of the universe is clear. And I draw vast expanse. There are one, two, three, four extra dimensional locations in play. So I'm a five on four testing and I'll take a horror for each point I fail by. Won't commit anything. Tentacle. Okay, so I take four horror and I play Deny Existence level five to heal four horror, taking me back to full, getting me a resource, drawing me a card. It's Defiance. Wow, Deny Existence, eh? Was that a dreadful misplay? Amnesia's in the discard pile, terrible secrets in the discard pile. I don't think it is. Okay, I mean, shrivelings are also in there though, so yeah. Hand is prepared for the worst in defiance. I wouldn't mind another weapon. There's a flashlight in the discard pile. There's an enchanted blade and a twilight blade. I mean, there are, there are some weapons and flashlights and things coming. What do we do this turn? I can move to Towering Luminosity. I can move then to Instable Vortex. And I can move straight on to the edge of the universe. I won't be drawing cards in upkeep there, but I will be in a position to get a clue and advance. So that would be one option. Second option would be to try and find a clue on the way. Move to Towering Luminosity, move to Unstable Vortex, investigate there. I'm a five on three there. But there I have to draw the top card of the encounter deck if I end my turn there, which would be another vast expanse. And that's potentially very dangerous. So I think we go straight to the edge of the universe, move, move, move. Upkeep, I don't draw a card. And I go up to three resources. Mythos. We hit one doom. Did I forget to put a doom last turn? Wow, I'm like losing my mind. I think I did. And I didn't use a listen to peak this turn, but so be it. We draw an interstellar traveller, which spawns at any extra dimensional location. Well, which one do we put it on? If we put it on something like the Endless Bridge, it will get a doom when it lands there, but then it has no connections to move to. Essentially, this is an ancient evils at that point. So let's do it. We'll put it there. And it beats up a clue, turning it into a doom. Alyssa will peak. It's a conglomeration of spheres coming next. So let's get clues in advance. We are three intellect, four with Alyssa, five with the elder sign. So I'll investigate here five on two. Or do I? Do I play prepared for the worst? Take a resource, play a weapon. Got no way of cancelling seeing a conglomeration of spheres. And we're on Act 3A, but we're going to have to do something else after that, I think. I think we have to go to Tear Through Time as well. There is more travelling to be done. If we're on, we're on three resources, so prepared for the worst. Don't have many cards left in my deck, so we are probably hitting something then. If we hit the other 45... We could then take a resource, take a resource, and we'd be at four. We'd be at enough to play it. Well, we could take one resource and get a clue. And next time we draw the conglomeration of spheres and we shoot it once, take an attack of opportunity to play it and shoot it again. We take two hits. We'd probably lose Alyssa at that point. We have no cancellation for hits. Tricky. There might be a way out of this. I'm just not sure what it is. Because another option is get clue advance. And potentially we just try and evade the conglomeration of spheres and run away from it for the next section. We've got no way of playing Dark Insight from underneath us. Unless we investigate twice and one of them is an Elder Sign and we get a Dark Insight back. But that's the high-risk play. The low-risk play is prepared for the worst. 
take a resource. Mm. Unless we put a Doom on Alyssa and put the conglomeration on the bottom of the deck. Cost us a turn. I think we have the time. We're at four Doom in play then. The conglomeration's on the bottom of the deck. First action we investigate. Five on two. Minus four. Second action we investigate. Minus one. Third action we just investigate again just to get another clue. I think we need them later. Zero. Clue. Okay. Enemy phase. The interstellar traveller can't hunt anywhere. Upkeep. We don't draw a card, but we do get a resource. Mythos. We hit five doom of six, and our encounter card is beyond the veil. Nothing we can do about it. It surges into <laughs> a conglomeration of spheres. Okay, fine. I'll take my punishment. And we advance. I'll spend three clues. Maybe this will shake things up. Mending the tear. You are utterly exhausted with no idea as to what can be done to close the rift. I mean, agreed. It is too distant to touch, and nothing you do has any effect. There is nothing here to guide you apart from the unearthly words that are seeping into your mind. Just then, you hear a familiar voice within the echoing chorus, and you feel yourself compelled to repeat it. Claude Ostium. You whisper at first, the words on the tip of your tongue. You close your eyes to concentrate, and the echo grows louder. When it ends and you open your eyes, you face nothing but an inky abyss, and the tear has vanished. Remove the edge of the universe from the game, which is where I was. Put the set-aside tear-through-time location into play. We've just had an encounter card remove a location, so we get sent to realms beyond, and we take a horror. That's one of seven. Tear-through-time has the same moon symbol so we can get there through the unstable vortex in the exact same route as before and we read act 4a finding a new way with no clear way out of this dimension you seek another path there's the same action to get locations and if each undefeated investigator has resigned advance how do we get away from a conglomeration of spheres though we are a four or four evading and we are a six on three trying to get out of Realms Beyond. We could try and leave Realms Beyond, six on three, try and evade the conglomeration of fears and commit this defiance in our hand, probably saying skull because there's so many skulls, and then last action move to Towering Luminosity and we'd be almost on our way back round. Let's give it a try. Six on three trying to move, and we take an attack of opportunity which kills Alyssa, the attack is from the conglomeration of spheres. And that clears the doom on Alyssa. Six on three, minus one, we're out. Now we try and evade, four on four. And I committed defiance, five on four, and say skull. Come on. Minus two, still a fail. And last action, do we just try and evade again in the hope that we pull an Elder Sign? The risk is we pull a tablet or a cultist. So maybe we just start shooting this guy with our last bullet. Four, five, six on one. Zero, that would have been the evade, but it's okay. Two damage. Enemy phase. We go up to six of seven damage and two of seven horror. Upkeep, we draw a 45 automatic. 
and go to five resources. We can't take the hit to play the automatic next turn. We hit five doom because Alyssa died, and our encounter card is Steps of Ihaghal. Revelation put Steps of Ihaghal into play, then draw the topmost madness card in your discard pile. Uh oh. What is the topmost madness card? I think it's Amnesia. Wow, it's deep in there as well. Yeah, it is. So I draw that and I have to choose and discard all but one. So I will discard prepared for the worst. <sighs> we can still get out of here. Evade, move, move to the unstable vortex. Or punch, punch, punch. We wouldn't have killed it. Can't play this because we die. Got to try and evade. So we're, five, we're four on four. And I'll commit the automatic five on four. And believe in the token bag. Come on. It's a skull. There are one, two, three, four, five extra dimensional locations in play. So that is a fail. Try and evade again. Four on four. Where are those mists now, eh? Minus two. And we need to try and evade just to stay alive. If I get a tablet now, I'm just letting Yog drive me insane. Skull again. Man, we had the defiance, but we just couldn't find the right test. And we fail. In the enemy phase, the conglomeration of spheres hits us, and Diana falls to the ground. Damn! Oh, that was so... I mean, it wasn't so close. We still had to get a clue and get there. But that was that was closer than I thought it would be. Closer than I thought it would be. Oh, well, so be it. I, I wasn't sure we'd get through where do we mate, so I'm happy with that. I hope you've enjoyed this. Take a look on Facebook if you're a Facebook user because I'm doing a little poll for what to play next. If you're a patron, your votes count triple, I think. And if you're a ghoul priest patron, the highest tier, your votes count 25 times over, something like that. You get mega power votes. We're thinking of probably doing Circle Undone next, and there's been really interesting choices about what we play next. So yeah, check that out. And yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this. I've just noticed finishing up that there might be some turbulence on the recording, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how long that's been going on for. So yeah, that's annoying. But yeah, this was good. This was really good. You can let us know what you thought of it at Drawn to the Flame podcast. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook and Twitter. We're also on Patreon, Drawn to the Flame. Hope to hear from you. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. So check this out for a week. I finished up playing, started tidying away, all normal. I thought, oh, I haven't updated my little campaign log notes for Lost in Time and Space, but it got defeated, so whatever. Before resolving any other resolution, if at least one investigator was defeated, read Investigator Defeat first. Where did you come from? Why are you here? Are you dreaming or is this place real? Now that you think about it, haven't you been here before? Or perhaps you've been here all along? Now you remember. This is your real home. The path you now walk is but one ledge, with many more below. You only have to fall, and you will be where you belong. One more step. Each defeated investigator is killed. If another resolution was reached, we read that. 
If no resolution was reached, each, each investigator was defeated, and the investigators were at Act 4, we were, go to Resolution 2. Several of the villagers from Dunwich heard the ruckus on Sentinel Hill and went to investigate. What they found there answered none of their questions. What do you think happened? A frightened Curtis Waitley asks as they examine the hilltop. The other villagers shake their heads, unable to say. Last thing I saw, the sky opened up and there was a bright flash, one of them says, looking up at the starry sky from the top of Sentinel Hill. Those Arkham fellows ain't nowhere to be seen, Curtis adds, looking down at the cracked stone altar. Not even a hint of them. Mr. Bishop and his pals. Now, that's a different story. The young man motions towards several corpses on the ground. Think we should get hold of those coppers out of Aylesbury? Why, so they can laugh at us again? Curtis spits. They ain't never going to believe us about all this anyways. He glances at the stone altar, fidgeting nervously. Better to forget about the whole thing. Come on, let's bury the dead and get out of here. The investigators win the campaign and are never seen or heard from again. That was a campaign win. and I just didn't even realise because I was defeated. So you win some, you lose some, as they say. Diana's dead. And that's the end of our return to the Dunwich legacy. Thanks for listening. Bye.